This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com, where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back on the Chase Thomas podcast, and I'm now joined by Georgia Tech men's head basketball coach Josh Passner. Josh, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on, and uh, good afternoon to you. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, you're uh, your old stomping grounds a little bit uh, in Knoxville, a uh, little further than uh, Memphis, but uh, you were in this area in Tennessee for for a long period of time. Yeah, I was there um, in Memphis, which is obviously um, you know you know south of Knoxville. But uh, um, I loved my time in Memphis. I was the head coach at the University of Memphis for seven great years. Prior to that, I was an assistant with Coach Calipari um at the university of memphis i loved my time at memphis memphis is a great place great city great people i got married in memphis my three daughters were born in memphis so it's just and one of the most underrated i think things about memphis is they've got a great they got great doctors great hospitals Hmm. just you know it's a it's it's not probably talked about enough and heck you know saint jude is headquartered there um, as well too. So a lot, a lot of, I could just list off a lot of great things about the city of Memphis. So obviously things are, have been different since March for you and your staff and your team. Um, what has it been like for you since March? Like, it's kind of amazing that this is six months now. Um, what has it been like for you, your staff and your team, um, since everything got shut down for you guys? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, March 5th or March 4th or 5th, one of those two dates, was the last time our team was together to actually have contact, uh, physical contact on a basketball floor, you know, where you were doing offensive and defensive drills or whatever it may have been. Actually, on September 9th, uh, Wednesday, September the 9th, was the first time our team had contact on the basketball floor in a in a setting of a practice type of setting since like i said march 4th or 5th so basically what is that six months yeah and uh, so 
um, you know, this has just been unprecedented. It's, it's new for everybody. I don't think there's any um, uh, manual or uh, blueprint for how to handle this. It's, you know, we all talk about, and I use this saying, and I think it's the, one of the greatest sayings in life, one day at a time, take it one day at a time. But if there's ever that saying is more true than ever, it's right now dealing with this pandemic is you really can't predict in the future. You literally got to take it one day at a time. What was it like? Was everybody sloppy or were you like, clearly these guys have been playing this summer? Clearly these guys are playing pickup. Well, you know, the good news is we have an older team. So we have a veteran group. My one of my big mottos here, uh, which I believe is really important for us to be successful at Georgia Tech uh, uh, with, with the basketball program, is to get old and stay old. Hmm. So meaning you want to you get old with lots of juniors and seniors, and then you want to stay with a lot of juniors and seniors. So uh, we're an older team this year. So uh, I, I thought actually we were pretty good for the first time of not playing in six months. And uh, part of that was based on us having – having an older group, a veteran group, a group that, you know, is very experienced and has been around uh, enough and has played a lot of minutes in, in ACC play. So um, it, it was good to get back on the floor. Um, and obviously, you know, in the, in the post uh, talks with the team after practice or throughout the whole summer, it was a, it was da- it's daily reminders about mask wearing, making sure that you're, you know, you have your mask on, uh, you know, social slash physical distance, making sure you're keeping your distance from, from people to the best of your ability, washing your hands with soap and water for 20 seconds, um, you know, and try not to touch your face and, you know, nose, eyes, mouth. I mean, that's been our constant theme, which you probably would not have thought pre COVID, that you would be constantly, that was going to be your main theme for the, yeah. <laughs> for the summer was going to be those, those talking points. How is, how is recruiting been affected by this? We're starting to see that a little bit in college football, but like, what, uh, what has that been like over the last couple of months? Like, how are you, are you, how are you getting tape on certain guys? How are you getting in touch? Are you just doing zoom calls with players? Like, how does that work? You know, good question. It's been, it's been interesting because, there, you know, I, I feel like I'm better as a recruiter or when, when I can get into somebody's home, mm. see them face to face, they get to feel my energy. Um, you know, you, you can, you're, 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 you just, there, there's nothing like that physical contact, if that makes sense. And that face to face and that energy and you just feel connected. You know, it's really different on Zoom. Um, you know, I, I don't know if everyone can feel the same through a computer. Um uh, plus half the time it could be the internet connection could be down. And, and right when you're making talking ready to give a great point, boom, the, the computer freezes. I mean, how many times has that happened to all of us this yeah. summer? And so, you know, it's just been, but you, you've got to adapt. It is what it is. There's no complaining right now. Recruiting is all through, you know, Microsoft teams or zoom for us. <laughs> yeah. And then we're and then we're watching film and that's been probably the more difficult part as well is trying to make decisions based on prospects that you possibly haven't seen in person, judging them, watching them, evaluate, evaluating them based on film. And 
film could be from their high school of last year and or if it's from the summer, you're watching them and you are, you really don't know their size. How really quick are they? Because you don't know the level of competition. You know, they're playing against, you know, there's a lot of little things that go with it. And um, so that's been a thing that's been, you know, recruited or and I always like to change the word from recruiting more to evaluating because everything's about the evaluation of a prospect. I mean, it's easy to recruit the, the best players in America. I mean, any my, my seven year old daughter could say, oh, he's pretty good. <laughs> but it's the ones who are maybe not highly ranked who you've got to evaluate who you believe has a chance to be really good. And that is done through evaluation. And that's really, obviously, you have a better chance of maybe having a little, getting a little lucky when you see someone in person, more so than video, but you're doing the best you can with it. And you just got to really study it as much as you can. Do you go into recruiting and targeting different guys um, from a different lens at Georgia Tech than you did at Memphis? Or is it the same, same thought process? Well, look, when I was at Memphis and now at Georgia Tech, uh, this is my 12th year as a head coach, going into my 12th year as a head coach at a, you know, at a very high level. Um, um, you know, I mean, look, you want to get the best prospects that, that uh, fit what, you know, what you want to do, both, you know, academically, athletically, uh, your culture, everything that, that, you know, that you want to try to achieve with your program. So when we, we had some, you know, I was a, we, you know, just, we were able to get some great student athletes at Memphis who helped us win a lot of great games. And we had some great players at Memphis and Georgia tech. Um, you know, obviously it's, 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 um, you know, it's a little different. Uh, the, the, the biggest difference at Georgia tech than not only at Memphis, but pretty much every other school in the country, we're the only division one school that in, in the country that plays football and basketball in division one. That, that only has a bachelor's of science. Hmm. Um, so everything here is about math and science. I mean, it's, a, it's an engineering school. It's a math school. It's a science school. It's, That's why I did you know, not apply. The, well, and so, and so, well, you, well I, I couldn't get into Georgia Tech. That's, <laughs> I, the closest I yeah. get Georgia Tech is the basketball coach. That, 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 <laughs> that should tell you there. But, but um, so that and it's not about a difference from Memphis. It's just a difference from most other schools around the country that because we are so focused, which is a great thing. But Georgia Tech it's Georgia Tech Institute of Technology. So you've really got to find prospects that have a really strong interest in math and science. Mm. And whereas if you when I was at Memphis or when I was at the University of Arizona or most of schools around the country, there's other majors where, you know, you have, you know, someone could maybe have an interest in something and there's, there's more opportunities at different schools with Georgia tech. It's pretty, it is what it is with the school. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, Lute Olson, how big of an impact did he have on your life? I love coach Olson the best. I mean, he's, he was an incredible coach, an incredible person. Um, he had made a huge impact. The doors, opportunities that he opened, I wouldn't be at Georgia Tech without the, the opportunities that he that and the doors that he opened. So um, there's not words that can express my gratitude, my thankfulness, my appreciation for Coach Olson. He's, uh, you know, he, he, he single-handedly 
built a city, a city in Tucson, Arizona, city of Tucson, literally put it on the national map. He built a university, University of Arizona, through the basketball program. And he did that, you know, from ground zero. And so not too many people can, you know, some people have built programs. He's literally built an entire city and a university. And the guy was, I mean, he was the best. And, um, um, you know, unfortunately with life comes death and, um, um, and, you know, he lived a great life. He, he made such a powerful impact on, on so many, uh, a powerful positive impact on so many. And I was just very fortunate, lucky that I was, I was one of those he made that impact on. What do you think of coach K pushing for the everybody making the tournament idea? Do you like this idea? Yeah. I mean, I was all 15 coaches in the ACC uh, were behind it. Okay. We all wanted it. Uh, we, I think every coach has sent a tweet out. I don't tweet or do Instagram. I don't do any social media. Mm. Um, I have, you know, obviously Georgia tech does a lot for me on that. Um, I'm not a big social media guy as in terms of, of, uh, me individually. I just not I try to much. stay away from how, yeah, but, but that being said, everyone went out on their own to put something out in some way, shape, you know, shape, form, fashion to, to, to support the ACC coach, coach K and everybody else on this idea. And every, all the coaches were behind it were for it. I think the league commissioner, the, the athletic directors, but it doesn't sound like it's getting a lot of traction. It got hmm. a lot of pushback. And, and I saw where the NC two a came out and said, right now they're not having any plans of changing the format of the NCAA tournament. Interesting. Well, it sounds but the way, but the way we all, the way we all looked at it for this year, this is just an abnormal year. Right. There are no such thing for this year as a crazy idea. There is no such thing as an, as a abnormal idea. There's no such thing as, as a wild idea. And, um, <clears throat> this is just something, um, you know, that because of the year, you got to be thinking outside the box. Absolutely. Um, speaking of coaches, who is right now or in the past been the hardest coach for you to game plan for? Um, man, there's a lot of great coaches out there. Mm. Uh, you know, it's hard to say. I guess the ones that we haven't won any games against um, are the hardest ones at this point. <laughs> I wouldn't want to single out any individual, but you know, there's been a lot of just, there's so many good coaches. I have such high level respect for coaches. And I think the ACC is the best league in the country. You know, they've got, we've got, um, so many hall of fame guys. They got the best players, just the atmosphere, the television exposure. I just, it's the best league in the country, the ACC. And so, um, really, every time you step on the floor in the ACC, you've got to be—you've got to have your your A game on. Otherwise, you're going to get beat. The hardest player for you to game plan for in your career was who? Hardest player to game plan for in my career. Um, you know what? That's a that's a that's a really good question. Um, I'll tell you who was. And I don't know if he was the hardest ever, but just the just recently since I've been in the ACC, I'll tell you who was just a just a 
two two guys that stand out that were just an incredibly hard matchup, and that was um, DeAndre Hunter from Virginia. Huh. He was he was really good, and the second one who I just thought was and he only played for a year, but boy, he was hard to guard because uh, he was all over the floor with Jason Tatum. Ooh. And then you see what, it, and I felt when Jason Tatum, uh, like I just felt he was actually like a pro playing against college guys um, <laughs> during that time frame. And uh, he's, and he obviously has turned out to be really good, um, you know, in the NBA at the same time. The hardest skill you've encountered <clears throat> for, um, for college basketball players coming into your program has been what, what have you noticed that it's just hard for them to pick up? Um, the biggest adjustment from, from high school to college is all about defense. Hmm. Uh, there's a question about that. The biggest adjustment is going from is, is the speed of the game, but also more, more so the defensive end of the floor, but the hardest skill for someone to do in all of basketball is the score. Yeah. That's, that's, that's instinctively, that sometimes you can develop and teach, but a lot of that's instinct and innate ability to be able to find a way to do it. And also just sometimes God given talent where they just guys, you know, players just know how to find a way to put the ball in the basket. A couple more questions and we'll wrap up here. Um, how has college basketball changed since you first started? What have you noticed? Um, obviously people are shooting more threes and there's been a, um, a gradual shift in that department, but what have you noticed roaming the sidelines in the last 10 years or so that is drastically different than when you first started? Well, I just think the biggest thing is the play, there's so much talent that the, the talent is so spread out that players no longer are just going to the top tier schools mm. because everyone now is on television. Everybody can win a national championship and everybody can get to the NBA from any school. Mm. So we're nineties or early 2000, everyone was kind of stockpiling those kind of blue bloods. Everyone mm. would go to those main schools. If that made sense now, because they all want to go to the NBA and be seen on television. Now it's not like that. Everyone's on TV as has been seen before you, anyone can get to the final four. doesn't matter from what league. And if you're good enough, you're good enough. You're going to play in the NBA. And um, I think that's the biggest change. And then obviously, as we discussed it earlier, social media, yeah, that has made everything's instant. And I, so many of the guys, this, the young men, the student athletes that we coach, they get their information via social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, all, you know, that, that way of, of information is how they receive their information. So, being being alert to that is something that you got to be be aware of and obviously that wasn't around in the 90s early 2000s last question and we'll wrap up here um georgia tech's strength this fall it's early obviously just had first on court uh practice where people are matching up against each other but what do you estimate is going to be y'all strength to uh building off the 17 and 14 season last year what do you think is going to be your bread and butter you know uh uh, you know, last year we finished fifth in the ACC. This is, you know, we did some things during ACC play that hadn't been done at Georgia Tech since the mid '90s. So we really had a great year. And our biggest strength, I think, going into next season is two areas. Is one is is our, as I mentioned earlier in our conversation, uh, is our experience and and the and our you know 
the leadership, the guys that have played in, you know, meaningful minutes, meaningful games. Um, uh, and so they're, 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 they have been around. And so they're an, we're an older group. And as I mentioned, we want to get old and stay old. And then I would say the second thing is guard play. I mean, you in college basketball and basketball in general, you're going to win with guards. Your guard play has got to be so, so good. And I, and our guard, our backcourt, um, you know, is, is going to be really good. And that's going to be a big key for, to win games is your guards have to be good. And if someone asked me, well, what's the biggest weakness you would have? I would tell you there's, it's a two prong thing. Our inside game, Mm. our five spot is very thin and we've got to, you know, so we got to do that by committee. And then obviously as with us or anybody else, a big key for us is going to have to be staying healthy. And, um, you know, last year, early in the season, we struggled because our starting point guard, Jose Alvarado was out with an injury. So this year is going to be the same thing. If we stay healthy, we got a chance to have a really good year, but staying healthy is going to be a huge key. I like it. Josh, this has been great. I appreciate the time today. Good luck this season and uh, stay safe. I appreciate it very much. Stay well and uh, don't forget to wear your mask for sure. Absolutely. This is Ben Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.